are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, should be recording a recap of the game against the Dallas Mavericks last night, but guess what? We're not because of COVID issues, not just in this game, which is postponed to be determined at a later date and time, but also throughout the league. So we're going to lead off the show looking at what's going on around the NBA and what should the NBA be doing right now? Because there's a pretty clear and obvious answer. I just don't know if the NBA will actually do that. Then we heard reports from the ringer that maybe Bradley Beal is on the move and the Pelicans are in the running for him or should be in the running for him. I'll explain if I like this trade idea or if I don't. And why not if I don't? And then what is some of the value of certain guys on this team? Looking at you, Lonzo Ball. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So last night's game between the Pelicans and Mavs was postponed. We know this because it didn't happen. The Mavs already had four guys out at least due to COVID tracing. And I said on, on this podcast yesterday, I would be shocked if the game doesn't get played. And I was genuinely shocked that it didn't. It and immediately wondered what else happened to the Dallas Mavericks. One, they were getting Kristaps Porzingis back. He was scheduled to play in that game. So they actually added a guy in conjunction with, you know, the four that were out. But then it sounds like five additional players were ruled out due to contact tracing over half the team. You can play an NBA game as long as you have eight players. Those are the rules. They did not even have eight available players in this game tells you how bad things were not that everyone has COVID on that team but that they were in close contact contact tracing with a player which seems to be Maxi Kleba who ended up having COVID and that forced the postponement of this matchup the Pelicans got a practice in they just practiced in Dallas instead of doing a shoot around and I'm sure they're in then uh, headed straight out to Los Angeles where they play the Clippers tomorrow and then the um, Los Angeles Lakers on Friday this is intriguing because it's now we're, we're seeing a rash of games get postponed in the NBA. Look, they can do this. They could have postponed it after the insurrection at the Capitol last week. The NBA only released half their schedule with a break in between so that they can make up games. This is the smart move to do if teams get down to eight or nine guys. You don't need to actually play NBA games at that with a three-man bench. It increases the risk of injury for other guys, so they should probably kind of relook at this. And it sounds like the NBA Players Association GMs are meeting with the league to kind of examine and re-examine some of the COVID protocols that they're having. But right now, not playing in a bubble is leading the NBA to receiving a rash of positive COVID tests and then ruling guys out due to contact tracing. You've seen it where three straight teams have played the Wizards and then immediately had COVID issues, not that it's the Wizards' fault. You saw the Miami Heat, who are dealing with a lot of COVID issues right now. Their game against the um, Boston Celtics was postponed. The Bulls-Celtics game was postponed as well as the Celtics deal with some of this. It's a rash of cancelizations. Not cancellations, postponements, because these will get made up. But it's not a good look for the NBA. After they built up a lot of goodwill with the bubble, you're now trying to do what the NFL and MLB was doing, which 
you know, pull, you pull it off, but at what cost, at what risk, right? And clearly, guys, getting COVID is a risk that the NBA is willing to take and not necessarily, not necessarily a wrong one. They all agreed to all of this, too. Players could have opted out for the season but chose not to. So I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer here. But given that you're having to postpone games, that it's kind of creating a number of issues with teams shutting down practice facilities like the Mavericks did, the league probably does need to shut down for a week or two weeks Basically, quarantine, isolate everyone, get over this, and resume playing games. I don't know if it's necessarily possible for them to do that. They should, but they are doing a condensed schedule with a lot of games every other day, basically, is what you're playing. And they wanted to try and get this done by the Olympics so that NBA players could play in the Olympics. But I don't know if that's going to be feasible anymore. And if they shut down for two weeks, probably not going to be a feasible thing anyway. And before you ask, no, the NBA can't go back to the bubble. We can already say that there's a risk of them getting COVID out here and just kind of going through all these. And look, NBA players are allowed to bring to uh, friends, associates, people they know to their hotel rooms on the road that aren't getting tested. It's, it's Instagram hookups, right? They're probably leading to some COVID issues from stuff like that. So maybe they need to tighten and change the rules. But at the same point, you can't be in a bubble for nine months. Everyone's going crazy now needing to stay at home as much as possible. And we have freedom to go outside and do what we want. If you were stuck in a hotel in Orlando during all of this time, you would probably lose your mind. So there are serious mental health repercussions and consequences potentially from putting these guys in a bubble for that long. It's just not feasible to keep them away from their families and to others just to try and get through an NBA season. This is trying to strike the best of both worlds. It's been successful, I'd say, you know, maybe not largely. Well, yeah, largely successful with some issues, but there are, these issues are starting to get bigger and bigger right now. And it probably means that the NBA needs to shut down and to re-examine some of their rules, some of their protocols. But I don't know exactly how feasible it is, but it's also impacting the competitive nature of the NBA, right? You had Kevin Durant, who was ruled out with contact tracing. Lowry Markkinen for the Bulls has only played four games this year due to it. Um, teams are going to lose games because they just don't have people available. That's, you know, part of it. You're going to have to deal with that this season. But when it becomes such a widespread issue, that's probably not the product the NBA wants to put out there on the court. Is it just simply putting a product out there or putting as good of a product as you could? And right now it's just simply putting a product out there. Take two weeks off. Chill, go back to playing when everyone's over this and try and move on from there and see if you need to take another break. But that's probably the way the NBA needs to trend right now. I just don't know if that's a feasible thing for them to do. Before we get into Bradley Bealum, could the Pelicans trade or not trade for him? Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. You ready for some NFL playoffs? Maybe the rest of the NBA regular season as well as they can do it. And if you are and you want to get in on the action, there's only one place to do it and only one place that I trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. It's like you want to bet already. They're giving you free money. They're going to have the NFL playoff game of the week, all of the top college basketball and NBA lines in every prop bet you could imagine. That over in last night's national championship game, was a great one. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and you want those wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. So the ringer.com has an article out talking maybe that Bradley Beal should be the top trade target for NBA teams over James Harden. To some degree, I, I agree. Some degree, I don't. But that's neither here nor there. The fact is that he's a guy that could be in play. He's playing amazing basketball. And the Wizards are a middle-of-the-road team at best. That's at best, if not going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They're currently 3-8, and eight, so it's not like they're particularly good. So maybe he's kind of that superstar that's going to want out, that's tired of the situation. He put up 34 last night and is one of the guys who's leading. He is leading the league in scoring by five point, over five points per game, six points per game at 30. He's averaging 35 points per game. Steph Curry's averaging 28.6. It's incredible what he's doing, scoring the basketball. He can shoot it. He can create it. He can do all of that. He's an absolute stud of a player. Now, he's on a losing team. He signed an extension, so they have him under team control for a little bit. But at a certain point, you know, it it just hasn't come together with him there. You have Russell Westbrook, who's now out for a little bit, but probably not the best fit. And now all of a sudden, just 27-year-old Bradley Beal maybe, maybe wants out. And it's a reasonable thing. This is very similar to what happened here in New Orleans. He's under contract next season for $34.5 million. And then he has a player option for 37 after that, which he will likely decline. So it's one year really after this, unless in some sort of trade you force him to opt into that. And it's kind of contingent. And we've seen stuff like that before. So is this a guy that the Pelicans should be intrigued by? And to sum it up and to put it as simply as possible, oh, hell yes, absolutely. They should be interested in Bradley Beal. Fixes a lot of the problems that the Pelicans would have. I understand the arguments of a couple of different things and why maybe they shouldn't be. But those I'm going to just tell you, and I rarely do things like this. I don't like it to be like word of God here of me talking to you. But if you don't think the Pelicans should trade for Bradley Beal, you are flat out wrong. But here are the arguments of why they shouldn't. Maybe he doesn't fit the timeline. He's closer to 30 than not 30, right? He's closer to 30 than than. 24, 25, something like that, basically. Doesn't quite fit the timeline when Zion Williamson is your best, is your second best player, and he's that young, he's 20. You have B.I., who's just, what, 22, going to be 23. And so is it really a guy who's closer to 30 on the same timeline? That's why they traded Drew Holiday away to some degree. However, at 27, you're still in your prime. You're probably going to at least 30 in your prime. And Bradley Beal is clearly playing at such a high level. I don't know if you can really argue against it otherwise. So maybe he doesn't quite fit the timeline. You want to kind of grow this organically rather than trying to speed up some sort of rebuild. The Pelicans tried that with Anthony Davis a couple of times. It didn't quite work. But they also never had a team quite like this one with B.I. and uh, Zion Williamson. So I can understand that. The other argument would be that it's too similar of a situation to what was going on in Cleveland with David Griffin and Kyrie Irving trying to grow that team in a smallish market, they're bigger than New Orleans, to be a, a, a sustainable contender. What, what he has said, what David Griffin has said he wants to do here in New Orleans, sustainable winning, right? And then 
LeBron James announced he's coming back to Cleveland, and we've all heard what David Griffin said was he started crying. He was upset. You know, he knew he had to take that opportunity and try and win a title with LeBron James, but it wasn't really how he wanted to build a team. So even if Bradley Beal is available, is this the way that David Griffin wants to do it, even if they should trade for him? And say he's on the table for New Orleans, which to a degree I don't really think he is. Would David Griffin just say no because this isn't how he wants to build the team? From that argument, I can see it. But usually when a guy like this becomes available, then you have such a transcendent young player in Zion Williamson who a little bit worse to some degree in some areas this year than last year, though also better in some areas, and Brandon Ingram. And Bradley Beal fits a lot of the problems that's going on with this roster right now. The other argument you might have is, well, you're going to kill all the depth because basically everyone on this team that's not Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson should be and would be on the table in theory for Bradley Beal. So you trade away, say say you trade away everyone there and you fill them with replacement players. 10-day contract guys the rest of the season in your team is Zion Williamson, Steven Adams, let's say, because uh, I don't think they would take him, um, Brandon Ingram. Uh, Lonzo Ball, or not Lonzo Ball, Bradley Beal. You, you get what I mean. Steven Adams is the other guy. So that's your four. If you just filled it out with everyone else, I don't think this team would be dramatically worse bench-wise because I don't think the bench is good. But you're giving up on all of those young guys, right? And some of these other players. Well, that's the thing that I want to get to in the next segment. But Bradley Beal does fix a lot of what New Orleans wants to do. Creation, Getting his own shot off, creating for others, playmaking, scoring, everything that's going on with New Orleans, adding that ball handling in there that you're lacking severely at times. There, he, He's able to do it all, and I think you would have one of the best three-man cores in the entire NBA, if not the best, if you were to add him to this roster. So I'm very intrigued by the idea of uh, trading for Bradley Beal, and if he's available, they should. But there's a problem with doing so because it's not going to be easy, and I'll explain why coming up. So before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Look, there, there's a couple of things that absolutely suck. One is not having your car working, right? The other thing is getting it to a mechanic, waiting for them to fix it, which is going to take a couple of days because your mechanic's probably busy because all mechanics are always busy. And then the third part that really, really sucks is having to pay an arm and a leg for the mechanic to do the work that you probably could have done yourself. So that's why you've got to check out rockauto.com. Car maintenance, not as scary as you might think, and it gets easier and even cheaper by using rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com today to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Literally everything you can think of, they have it. Engine control modules, motor oil, carpeting, AC condensers, hoses, anything with a car, it's over there at rockauto.com. And guess what? Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and even prices. Yep, prices that you prefer. You can get the cheapest ones. You can get the more expensive ones. Whatever it is, whatever fits your budget, Rock Auto is going to have it there for you. And best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much money for the same parts. I have a chain auto store like around the corner from my house. I do a lot of work on my car and a project car that I have. I could order everything through them or I could do it through rockauto.com. And as I'm recording this in this room, I have a crap ton of car parts all around me. And guess what? By ordering it through rockauto.com, I probably saved about three or four hundred dollars. 
that I can use towards anything else, which is a pretty great thing. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, finishing up today's show, just talking about, look, they should trade for Bradley Beal. I don't I don't need to sell you guys on Bradley Beal. I don't think anyone else on this roster is all that good anyway that it isn't worth giving them up outside of Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson. To me, this feels pretty much like a no-brainer. I get some of the other arguments for it. I don't think it matters when star players that good are available. This is not some middle-of-the-road guy. I even really liked Victor Oladipo and thought the Pelicans should have moved from him. Bradley Beal is so far ahead as a player of Victor Oladipo, and it's not even close, that this just gets me even more excited about a potential trade and what he could do and how he fits here in New Orleans. But here's a problem with this deal. I don't know if the Pelicans could actually make the best offer. They have tons of draft assets, right? There's some young players on this team. But here's the thing, those those assets and those players, I don't know if the value is quite like what we thought it might be at the time. Those Lakers picks, as I've talked about on the show a couple of times, definitely have gone down in value. LeBron James, there for the long term. As long, he's going to finish out his career there. And at the level he's playing at, I don't know if he's going to stop. Everyone is waiting for the year where it falls apart for him, where his body breaks down. It doesn't happen, and banking on that and betting on that is a stupid bet. They probably don't even offer that. They don't even offer that at betonline.ag because it's just dumb. So don't. So it's going to devalue those Lakers picks. AD is there too. The Lakers are back and players want to play for that franchise in a big market, the premier franchise in the NBA. It's unfortunate. It's true. The Bucks picks do have more value because they potentially outlast Giannis there and they don't kick in for a couple of years, even after his extension that he signed, the Supermax. So potentially he may be gone. And those picks would have some value, but that's really far out into the future, and it's kind of tough to project some of that, which probably hurts their value just a little bit. You just don't really know what you're going to get with those draft choices. And then it comes to the players on the team, and this is where I think we really need to look at some of this. Do Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes have that much value? I don't really think so. You know, I'm not saying they're going to be bad players or they are bad players or they certainly haven't been good. I just don't know if they are that intriguing to a number of teams out there. I think teams would rather have picks. So you need to give up basically all of those Lakers and Bucks picks. You would also probably need to give up Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, and Kyra Lewis Jr. And I don't even know if that would be enough. And Lonzo Ball too. But I don't know if all of that would even remotely be enough. Jackson Hayes, we don't even want him out there on the court. Why would a team like the Washington Wizards want him then when you don't want him being played right now? Nikhil Alexander-Walker has shown flashes, and we think he should probably have more of a chance, but that's mostly due to the lack of good guard play on this roster than Nikhil actually being good. These guys were good. They would be playing, right? Or they'd be, and they'd be playing well. They're giving the opportunity to, but they're not. 
And so I don't know if the players on this roster have that much value. Josh Hart probably has some, sure, but not that much. You have J.J. Redick, who you could probably flip for another first-round pick in the 20s or later. That's actually you know worth worth something there. I don't know if Eric Bledsoe has that much value around the league. If not, if it, you know, and it could be negative. So it comes down to teams being interested in Lonzo Ball. And here's the thing. They shouldn't be. He's not good. I'm just going to flat out say it. I'm going to probably get crap from this in the Lonzo stands who at least listen to the show. So thank you for the money you guys give me by doing that. But at the same point, he's not good. I've seen a couple of trades out there. So, so take out Bradley Beal from the mix for a second. I want to throw out two that I've seen recently. John Collins and Larry Markkinen of the Atlanta Hawks and the Chicago Bulls. I don't even think a straight up deal as a swap with either of those is realistic. That's how low I am on Lonzo Ball. Look, let's start with Larry Markkinen, who hasn't really played this season due to COVID and contact tracing. And I don't know whether he has it or whether it was just contact tracing issues. But in four games this year, Larry Markkinen is averaging, and again, small sample size, 17.3 points per game, 6.8 rebounds. Um, and he's doing it while shooting, uh, where is his three-point numbers? 48% from three. His career numbers in four years, 16 points per game just one and a half turnovers, 7.6 rebounds per game, and he shoots from three, 36% on decent enough volume, six attempts per game. So 16, let's round up, call it eight, and 36% from three. Okay, Lonzo Ball's career numbers, 11 points per game, 10.8, we're rounding up, six and a half assists, we can round it up, seven, He's averaging 11, 7, and 6 rebounds per game while shooting 39% from the field overall. Larry Markin is shooting 36% from deep. Lonzo Ball, 39% from the field. He's averaging for his career 34% from deep. It's not good. His shooting numbers aren't good. His scoring numbers aren't good. And those assists aren't, you know, he's not averaging close to 10 per game. Seven, it's not bad, but still, you guys get what I'm saying here. It hasn't been good, and he doesn't make his free throws. I wouldn't trade him if I was a Chicago Bulls straight up for Lowry Markkinen, even if I don't want to pay Markkinen. I'd rather keep Markkinen, who's a useful NBA player. You can get into all of the advanced metrics, win shares, offensive box plus minus, um, any of those numbers that try and quantify it down to a single stat. Lonzo Ball is very, very negative. Lowry Markkinen is a positive player. John Collins is even better. And so this is one that I don't get either. I don't think the the Hawks want to pay John Collins a max contract, though they still might, because I do think he's a tradable guy. For his career, John Collins is averaging 16.2 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, so nine rebounds. Um, and he shoots from three, 37% from his career. Those are good numbers. He also gets to the line and he makes them almost four times per game, 3.4. All of those advanced metrics that try and quantify something down to a single stat crushes Lonzo Ball. He's even better than Markkinen. The Atlanta Hawks would be stupid to trade that player for Lonzo Ball straight up. It's not going to happen. Collins is actually a guy who can play well. He might not be great defensively, but Lonzo Ball isn't great defensively. He's above average defensively. He's not even good defensively. He has moments of being really good. But I don't think Lonzo Ball has almost any value around the league right now. I don't know what you would get for him. I don't know if you could nest. You, you'd probably get a late first round pick for him for a, a playoff team willing to take a flyer on him, knowing that that first round pick isn't worth much. I just don't know if there's a ton of 
value on this Pelicans roster in terms of players, and those picks values have gone down. They have the assets in terms of quantity, not quality, though, to maybe, maybe pull off a deal. But if a better player is included in a trade, if other picks maybe are a little bit more intriguing, the Pelicans could lose out. So while they have a ton of assets, and they can use those assets and cash those assets in, and they should if a trade for Bradley Beal presents itself, I don't know. It might be a little bit tougher than we were expecting. All right, I've gone a little bit long in today's show, so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.